Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, as, as we come to you this day, Father, we humble our hearts. You are indeed God. And Father, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, you would quiet our hearts, particularly today, this day, Lord, of the Holy Week, that we would hear from you, that our hearts would be drawn ever closer to Jesus Christ, and that you would be honored, Lord, in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I am... Um, I love this time of week, um, this time of year, this uh, holy week, because it gives it gives us pointed concentration on what Christ accomplished on the cross for all of us who are in Christ Jesus. And I think what it does is it draws us closer to him. One of my favorite verses is found in Romans 5, 8 which read, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And consequently, I wonder, have you ever asked yourself, what motivated God to do this? To give his only son, to pour out his wrath upon sin and that upon his only son. And I think that is a big meditation that we have this week. If we lose the Holy Week to tradition, if we lose the Holy Week to ritual, but we don't think about what was accomplished on the cross, then we miss the whole purpose of the Holy Week. God brought redemption to the human race. And so I've contemplated that, and I've considered three answers as to why what motivated God to do such a thing? And the first one that I come across is because of God's great love for us. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says this, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Who is the us? Well, it's pretty obvious. We don't have the time to do a full exposition of Ephesians, but it's very obvious, right? Ephesians is written to the saints at Ephesus. So the us is the redeemed. The us is the church. The us is all of us who are in Christ Jesus. And while John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Paul writes the church at Ephesus regarding the church, regarding the elect. And he says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye have been saved. That is an un unbelievable concept that unfortunately I think sometimes we know doctrinally or theologically, but we don't pause to think of. So the first issue is because of the great love that God had for his children. The second thing is, well, what motivated God? What's the second issue? The second one is it pleased God, Isaiah 53, 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, 
He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Inconceivable as it may be, it pleased God. It motivated God. It pleased God that his son Jesus would become a sacrifice and he would make that atonement for sin. The third reason that I've come across, and by no means is this intended to be exhaustive, but the third reason I see is it pleased Christ. Hebrews 12.2 says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's an interesting word there, despising the shame. What it means is Christ thought little. He thought it nothing. The fact that he would be accused, the fact that he would be uh, condemned as a common criminal, the fact that he would hang naked and dishonored on a cross, the fact that he would be beaten by his accusers. He thought nothing of that. What drove him? It was the joy that was set before him. And the joy was all who the Father had given me, I lose not one. If we are in Christ, what an overwhelming thought this is for us. These three truths, what they do is they compel us as believers to pause in the wonder of our beautiful Savior and what he has accomplished for us on the cross. In light of this week being the Holy Week, how should we respond? That's, that's the, the issue that I want to answer for today. How should we respond to our Lord who paid for our sin and shed his mercy? And there's four considerations I want to share with you, four considerations that particularly this week, but quite honestly, every day we should be considering. And the first one is consider Christ. And specifically, is Christ worth it? Is Christ an accessory to your life or is Christ your life? Paul states in Philippians 3, verses seven and eight. But whatever things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. These were the words of an accomplished man, of an educated man, and as he looks back on his past, he said, this is all, this is all garbage. This is dung. My pursuit, my joy is in Christ. And so we are to consider Christ. The second item, we are to contemplate. And specifically, we are to contemplate what it means to know Christ. Is this merely an understanding of, of a set of truths or doctrines around Christ? No, rather to know Christ, and the word there in the Greek means experiential knowledge. It's the same word when Mary said to the angel, how can these things be since I know not a man? 
right? It's that experiential knowledge. It's that truth. Again, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3.19, and I love this. He says, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Do we contemplate to know what it means to know Christ? I tell people in my church all the time, it's one thing to know about Christ. It's another thing entirely to know Christ. And we as Christians should come into that experiential knowledge of Christ. So we consider Christ, we contemplate what it means to know Christ. The third element or the third consideration is we consecrate. And specifically, that the Christian life is a life of consecration to the living God through Jesus Christ. That the Christian life is a life of inconvenience. It is a life of sacrifice. It is a life of denial and self-mortification. We die to ourselves in order that Christ may live in us. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Galatians 5.24. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. A life of Christ. We asked at the very beginning, is Christ worth it? Oh my goodness, he is so worth it. But we need to come to a place where we abandon our comforts and realize that to serve means sacrifice. And to sacrifice is to serve our Christ. Lastly, the the fourth item we consider, we contemplate, we uh, consecrate the last issue or the last consideration is we crave. And I define this as passionately desire Christ, passionately desire the fullness of the Holy Spirit and revival, passionately desire to bring glory to God. There's a great Psalm, Psalm 63, I think that really sums this up for us. And it reads, oh God, thou art my God. Early I will seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee and thus will I bless thee while I live and I will lift up my hands in thy name. What better way to come into the fullness of this holy week than for us to consider Christ, to contemplate what it know uh, what it means to know Christ, to consecrate every element of our life to Christ and to crave to passionately desire Christ. As we continue forward on this Holy Week, it's my prayer that God would speak to our hearts and that he would bring about revival and the glory of his name. Let's just close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the truthfulness of your word. And Father, help us to draw nearer 
and deeper and fuller into Jesus Christ, that he would truly be the object of every passion, our deepest affection, and our most wonderful, our most beautiful Savior. In his blessed name we pray. Amen.